With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Corey won. He's going to bed. And I don't know if you saw this. I saw it. I thought it was freaking hilarious. He has a half-naked Rob Lowe on his bed. I totally noticed that, <laughs> and it was gross. TV pod show, Casey and just drink and talk about 80s TV shows. Welcome to TV pod show with Casey and Jess. Our audio totally sucks in this episode, but we fix it, so keep listening. Uh, welcome to TV Pod Show. I was thinking today, I was like, you know what? If we never introduce who we are personally, people will never know because our names are so androgynous. They're like, <laughs> they would never know who was who. Super. <laughs> Super. But I'm Casey. And uh, I guess we don't have to talk about if we watch the show or not because it's not really a show. Um, but I am drinking a Jubilee. Oh. Nice. Nice. Yes. Did you uh, go ahead, introduce yourself, and then I have a jubilee. Um, my name is Jess. I am having a pomegranate Pellegrino and vodka. Ooh, yum. Yeah. Tom sent me a picture of him drinking a imperial jubilee. Wait, what? Yeah. Like okay, record scratch and right? slam on the brakes. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, so he found it, he said, on the Albertsons on uh, Fairview, I think. I'm not, I think that's where he said, he, it's in the chat. He said it's like 12% or something bonkers. Whoa. Yeah. Like liquor almost. <laughs> right, like, and I'm like, dude, I mean, my my first instinct was, yes, I need one. And then I'm like, no, well, like I want one, but... but... Uh, yeah, like, who am I fooling? I can't drink two regular Jubileals anymore without feeling, like, loopy, so. I, 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 okay, okay. Imperial, Imperial Jubileal. Yeah. It's on the list. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. I'm on. Okay, so tonight we are, we're going to just do some movies. Our first movie that we chose was Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Oh, and The yeah. Lost Boys. I thought you said Lost Boy, and I was like, oh, shit, did no, you watch no, a different no. movie? It is from 1987, and it is a quintessential 80s movie. It is maybe the seminal 80s movie. It is so, yeah. So. Yeah, we've got Kiefer Sutherland. We've got both the Corys. Both Corys. Both Corys. Hey, hey, and, and I want to inject, this is the first time both Corys were ever in a movie. No so, shit. Uh, and I will bring that up later. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I'm down for some Corey trivia. Yeah, there will be Corey trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your but, text no, message. No, keep going. Who else is in this movie? Because don't stop. Yeah. Well, stop. yeah, we've got a great cast of characters here. We've got Jamie Gertz as Star, mm -hmm. and she's just, you know, the epic female. She uh, is. Yeah. No, she definitely is, for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, Diane Weiss. Is it Weiss or West? It's Diane Weiss, yeah. Okay. And, and Diane, oh my God, I, I completely had forgotten about her. She's Uncle Buck. And she Uncle is Buck. so great. Yeah, she was in Diane Buck. Weiss is so great uh, in this movie. And also, uh, and I don't remember the name. Do you have it on hand? Uh, the Big Bad, his name. I got the cast here. Billy Worth, Billy Worth. Show me a picture. He's from MASH. Yeah. And he's awesome because he's such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. Um, and the grandpa, like who the, like he's fucking. Oh, I know. Grandpa steals the show, right? Yeah. Uh, Max is Edward Herman. Edward Herman. And then we got, uh, grandpa is Bernard Hughes. We got the Corys. Michael is Jason Patrick. Okay, so so Jason Patrick, dude. I I want to talk about Jason Patrick in this. Oh movie. wait, one more, like, one more before we get into okay. Jason Patrick. All we right. also have Billy S. Preston Esquire. Oh, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, and and like, I will get into that later because I I admire that dude so much, and everybody is like, well, whatever happened to Bill from Bill and Ted? But but we'll get into that later. Uh, You're bonking around a bunch again. No, he's hugely successful, and he's done his own thing. He's just not Keanu Reeves. Uh, anyway, okay. let's get back into Jason Patrick really quick, because okay. he, he sucks ass in this movie. He's just terrible. He is not a good actor. He's, he's fucking terrible. But, but here's the thing about this movie. I'm pretty sure this movie is just about hot guys. It's, it's a, there's some great eye candy. Let me, uh, another top note that I have on my very first page is, doesn't he look like the spitting image of print-up? Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I the guess. whole time I was just like, man, that looks so I much like Mike, be, Mike was like 19. I would be pretty flattered. I think he would be. But, but here's the thing, thank God, this is the thing that I was thinking when I was watching this whole movie. Thank God Jason Patrick turned into a good actor. Because he is terrible. <laughs> he is so fucking bad. And and that's fair because I think it's like his third movie. No, it's his it's his third movie. He did something on TV and then he did uh you remember Solar Babies? No. Solar yeah. Babies is like this rollerblading movie from 1986. And it's garbage. Uh, except for all of the folks out there that don't think it's garbage because they love it because it's Solar Babies. Let me, let me read uh, the synopsis. But, but here's okay. the thing. It also has the chick from Lost Boys in it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, Jamie Gertz. All right, here's, here's the synopsis for Solar Babies. Yeah. In a post-apocalyptic future ruled by the military, yeah. a group of renegade teenage orphans find a legendary orb, Vodai, that can supposedly bring the rain back to dried up Earth. Okay, so my my point for bringing the whole thing up is that Solar Babies is a bad example of an 80s movie and The Lost Boys is a good example of an 80s movie. <laughs> so there we are. And uh, but yeah, so um, to reflect on your the text message that you sent me, that was like one of the first things I wanted to talk about was like how good this movie still is. Dude, it holds up super well. And yeah. and the one thing that I want to bring up before anything else, practical effects, right? Yeah, I was talking to Brian about that before I came in. I was like, every even the times that it was like the cheesiest, it wasn't even that bad. No, because it's super good because they spent a bunch of money on like like 
and and we'll probably get back to this, but like when the vampire dies in the tub, yeah, that's an amazing scene. Yeah, yeah. Like there's probably half of the budget of that movie is in that scene, (laughs) and it's great, and it's totally unnecessary, and. It, it's just fantastic. I, I think the makeup and the prosthetics looked fine. Right. No, it, it never ever looked shitty. Yeah. And and it's just aged fucking super well. I yeah. was really expecting to watch it and be like, oh no, the nostalgia's gone because it's been probably twenty years since I've watched this movie. Right. And that movie is like fucking thirty five years old. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's just it kills it. It's really fucking good and really entertaining. Yep, yep. All right, so we'll jump in. Yeah, um, let's start from the beginning. So, you know, I think this intro might be one of the best intros in the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. the song is great, and they repeat this song so many times in the movie, so, I don't so even cool care. So, think about this song, written for the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Cry Little Sister is written for the movie and is such... Such a touchstone for 80s culture that you don't think of that, right? You mm-hmm. don't think of it as the song from Lost Boys. You think of it as a song, like it must have been a top 40 song. Yeah, it's great. Cry Little Sister is actually written for the movie, and the guy that wrote the song only read the script and he never saw the movie. Really interesting. We start out with a helicopter ride into the amusement park and i love how like now this is done with drones and like stabilized cameras right right and and i think the implication uh without too much foreshadowing is that it was a it was a bat yeah right right uh we get trench coat keeper which Mm -hmm. never is not cool Mm -hmm. even the mullet looks good keeper keeper is just endlessly cool like, even after he dies in this movie, he's so cool in this movie. Oh, yeah. He yeah. He's so sexy. Like, I remember, because yeah. I watched this, the first time I watched this movie, I remember I was at my friend Crystal's house. It was middle school. And <laughs> awesome. She puts it on, and I was just in trance. Oh, yeah, he's hot as hell. Yeah. This movie is all about hot dudes. It really Yeah, is. I loved it. I was obsessed with this yeah. as a teenager. I loved it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we see Vampire Bill, which is just fantastic. He's got, mm-hmm. like, a permed mullet, which mm-hmm. I love. This fat copper comes up. because Oh, they go to the amusement park. You know, it's very... Yeah, they're on the uh, they're on the merry-go-round. Yeah, just being shits, you know. Which is, you know, knowing that... At this point, obviously, I know that they're vampires because I've watched this movie a billion times in my life. But it's like, there's such a strange left turn from all the other vampires that we know of the time. And, like, this movie was really a precursor to a lot of sexy vampires. You know, the thing that I find that's interesting in that, I don't think that they even gave a shit that you didn't think the bad guy was a vampire at that point in the movie. No, not at all. I I think that they were just, like, flaunting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's so, like, so many... uh, so many movies that are just like you know rebel set and and like just all of the like fringe assholes and that kind of thing mm-hmm. but like i mean that was so predictable that you kind of knew what was happening before it happened right at this point. yeah i I, th- I think they're building on like tropes from 
30 years before, basically. And some of them, and I'll talk about it as we go, are kind of strange. Like some of the choices they made for like the vampire lore was a little odd. For real. Yeah. yeah. So next we'll, we see. We'll revisit that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we're, we're seeing the after hours of the carnival and that same fat copper is walking around alone and oh no, incoming. And he runs to his car as you, you hear the screech. And so I have a thing for that. Like at the very end, at the very end of that, like he grabs the car handle door and then the, the whole door is ripped off. And into the air. Like, it's not yeah. just ripped off, it's like but, long. But it's only ripped off from the point where he had his hand on the handle. So, yeah. like, that guy must be pretty strong. I just, <laughs> I just thought that was, I, I, I thought that was a little hokey. But. He really wanted to get into the car. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> but all of that being said, uh, you know, a couple more things I want to go back to. Uh, Richard Donner was the producer for this, who was the director for Goonies. Okay. Uh, and he oh, had done God. that, uh, I think, two years earlier. Uh, and Goonies, like, that is religion, basically, for me. I so love if, if this was the first movie that the Corys were together, did Goonies only have one Corey? It was only Feldman. Yeah, there was no Corey Haim in that. Uh, instead, Corey Haim's role was reprised by... Uh, Oh, fucking Samwise. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but but my point is that uh, the reason Richard Donner didn't direct this is because it took too long to make, and he ended up making Lethal Weapon. Oh, Which right. is an interesting thing, uh, because Lethal Weapon is also an excellent 80s movie, right? Yeah. So then we get a scene. We are, we're moving to Santa Clara. We get these Santa shots. Clara, I want to. I want to point out real quick. Santa Clara is literally Santa Cruz. That's what uh, I was like. That's not a real place. <laughs> no, Santa Clara doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. Santa Clara is literally Santa Cruz, and every single location shot in this movie uh, is taken in Santa Cruz, and it's intended to be Santa Cruz to uh, to a point. They come down to a comic shop that I will mention pretty quickly. And according to this movie, if you just go from what we've seen, it consists of residential area, a a VHS rental store, and a carnival. That is what the town consists of. Oh, and there's also a very important comic book shop. And a comic book shop, yes. Which probably is in the basement of the VHS rental store. These shots around town, and there are punks everywhere. This is a very punky town mm -hmm. lots of misfits and missing person posters we see mom and she's the mom from uncle buck all right is that and the mom from uncle buck <laughs> she's the mom from uncle buck <laughs> so they get to grandpa's we're, we're presumably going to move in with grandpa after the divorce and here's my question they're they're all like whoa look at this place it's crazy like are we to assume they've never been to their grandpa's house correct ever? yeah that's the only thing that i can think of yeah. yeah, I found that very odd because obviously that's you the, know, whole, the whole concept of of grandpa completely up until literally the last scene. It just seems kind of shoehorned in, but that's an 80s movie and it's, yeah. it's very well done. Yeah, yeah, it's an 80s movie. We find out that Santa Clara is the murder capital of the whole world. 
Okay, so awesome, interesting. Yeah, maybe not awesome. Awesome for me. Santa Clara is Santa Cruz, and Santa Cruz in 1987 was huge in murders. Connectedly, like how what how were these murders coming about? There were a shitload of serial killers living in Santa Cruz. Interesting. In the 80s. Uh, Edmund Kemper, uh, who I'm sure you know from Mindhunter, but also two others. Uh, in 1987, I think they had, I want to say, 30 murders. And not just like, you know, gang-related murders. Random like, violence, like yeah. creepy fucking serial killer murders. Uh, in that year, uh, due to three different serial killers. Wow. So. That's the background for that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so then we jump to, you know, we're in the midst of the carnival, and we get beefy, sexy, hardcore saxophone solo. Oh, my God, this dude. I know. I looked him up, too. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's done anything since, like, his oiled-up saxophone solo. I don't think he's done anything <laughs> since that. Uh, he's really well known for his oiled up saxophone solo. Because it's epic. It's really, <laughs> it's, it's really epic, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, oh my god, like that came out of nowhere. Even yeah. in even in the context of that movie, that came out of nowhere. It was pretty out of left field, <laughs> and like he's wearing these big chains around like his neck and shit. For sure, for yeah. sure, and and no shirt, and he's very oily. And, yeah, greasy as fuck. Yeah, and it's not like uh, you know the meme these days is uh, what what do they call that? Silent whisper or whatever the wham song, where the guy shows up out of nowhere playing the sax. But he's not like this dude. This dude looks like a wrestler and like oh he, yeah he totally looks like a wrestler. Yes, yeah. that's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So I just pulled up a picture of him. Uh, <laughs> he's got <laughs> he's got like a thick thick chain. Wrapped around his neck three times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's got the belt that I used to wear in my 20s. The studded belt. <laughs> He's wearing that. Belt. I do remember the belt. I do. I wore it every day. And I remember it. He's, he's got the same chain wrapped around his wrists several times. <laughs> he's got a second belt that's got like, like metal plating on it with chains hanging down and like looping around. Mm -hmm. and, and everybody is just like loving it and he is terrible he is no, great he's great all kinds of terrible oh I, I love it there's a really good painting uh called <laughs> the lost boys sax man oh, is that done by like that sounds like something that would be done by brandon bird right yeah it's not yeah. but like he should <laughs> yeah oh that's fantastic the painting's pretty great but yeah, it's it's awesome, and and that's where we see our first spotting of of the the damsel in distress. Okay, so so I want to mention one thing right here, uh, because I did a bunch of back history on this. So the bandstand that that guy's playing on, uh, and this is a little bit of spoilery, but uh, bandstand that he's playing on where he sees the hot girl. So so later on in the movie, they make a big deal about how uh, the big to-do, the big, you know, it was a resort that collapsed right. into uh, itself, right? And, yeah. became, and became their hideout. And, and that was a big thing because of the earthquake. So two years after that movie was filmed, uh, 
the bandstand where that scene was filmed completely collapsed and is destroyed and was never rebuilt again. <laughs> what a romantic uh, turn of events. I know. It's so romantic. I love it. It really is. <laughs> oh, man. There's a... God, I'm going down a rabbit hole of fan art for this Yeah, guy. go down. Go down. Oh, man. Okay. Go All right. So, Michael sees the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Then, we jump to the VHS, and the vampires are checking out the VHS shop. Just, like, causing trouble. And, like, I love the, like, complete lack of dialogue for all the sub-vampires. Like, they just don't say anything the whole... Dude, and, and I looked into that, too, and it's all because they didn't want to pay him. Uh, <laughs> and they were pissed off that they had to pay Michael... Bill S. Preston, Esquire? Bill S. Preston, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, because... So it turns out that, like, Keeper Sutherland has, like, no lines in this movie. He has about six lines. And they the all movie. have, like, Michael, do it, Michael. Try it, Michael. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly. And and so, like, nobody has any lines, and the second most lines is fucking Bill S. Preston. So, <laughs> he has, like, one, maybe. Yeah, no, and, and, and it, it's not, like, one, it's, like, four, but, I mean, like, Kiefer Sutherland has about a dozen lines, period. Yeah. You know? And it's it's just, yeah, it, it it's funny, and, and it's especially funny when you think about it in that context. Well, and Michael doesn't have that many lines, either. Dude, no, and, and like, dude, like, I love Casey Patrick. Story number he's one, a good he's actor, but he is not a good actor in this movie. He is goddamn terrible. He is eye candy, and yeah. and like half of the movie when he's all like sick and like I'm being a vampire, he's not even eye candy. He's just like terrible. Yeah, he just so, like, out. Yeah, honestly, this movie, whether the whether like Richard Donner intended it to be. It's a breakout for the Corys, and that's really what this movie is. Yeah. Well, they got the most dialogue by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The other thing I want to mention, and and it hasn't come up yet, but, like, uh, Corey Feldman is channeling, uh, he's channeling fucking Christopher Nolan's Batman really hard. (laughs) Every line he says in this movie. I can see that for real. Yeah. All right, so vampires are at the VHS shop. Manager comes and kicks him out. Manager starts flirting with Uncle Buck Mom. And then we find out that their names are Max and Lucy. So then we're back at the carnival. Michael's following the pretty girl. Then we get our second Corey sighting. Okay, so second Corey sighting. No, that needs a no, that needs a awesome, awesome side thing. And this may or may not be true. I, I read all the IMDB trivia thing. But so here's a cool thing. That fucking awesome comic book shop, which you gotta admit is like I've never been in a comic book shop that awesome, right? It reminds me of the one that was uh, like on Pike Street. Like, Pike I know. Street. Yeah. I know. Exactly. But it's not it's still better. I mean it's crazy good, right? Okay, so here's the deal. That was a real comic book shop, and it still exists, and the owner's son still runs it in Santa Cruz on a different location. It's not on the pier anymore. But uh, the copy of Vampires Everywhere uh, that Corey won, hands to Corey too, that is the only copy of that magazine that ever existed. And it's been signed by everyone in the cast. And if you go to his comic book shop, 
he will let you take a picture. That's How cool. cool is that? Yeah, that's awesome. So, I keep derailing you. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. The trivia is great. I love it. Um, so Corey one comes in and he's spitting some comic books off to Corey two. Mm-hmm. And then he gives him that comic book that you were just talking about. He yep. read it. No, and then he says it may save your life and our, most importantly, our phone number is written on the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we're back at the carnival, and Michael's still following Pretty Girl, and Pretty Girl gets on the back of the bike with Kiefer Sutherland. And mm. they all, oh, damn it. She's with trench coat mafia dude over there. <laughs> and then some little kid gets on, too. Like, the kid's going with someone else, on it with another vampire. On their bike. So then we jump to this couple and they're like, they're kind of making out. She's like reading a comic book as well, but it's, it's like, I don't know, some other comic book. And she's like laughing, but they're like clearly parked to make out, but she's like not making out. She's reading a comic book while this guy's like sucking on her ear. <laughs> it's very strange. And then like the top of the car gets ripped off. Wow, no. There's a lot of like cars destroyed like beer cans in this movie, like at least in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, I thought I had a clever quip for it, but I guess it don't. It's uh, very like Michael Jackson thriller esque kind of. Yeah, no, it's it's thing. definitely reminiscent of that, and and probably totally is literally ripped off from that. Yeah, yeah, like it was it was straight just like. Oh, the couple making out, and then what? Screaming. But and... it, you know what? It, it does all work. It's like, great. Taking yeah. this whole, yeah, it does all work. It's yep. great. Um, so then Corey one, he's back at the comic book shop. Corey two, did you notice any uh, vampire fuckery? And he's like, ugh. Corey one still hasn't totally bought into the whole vampire thing yet. Right, exactly. Then, back at the carnival, Michael buys a leather jacket. Because that's where you buy leather jackets is at the carnival. Yeah. No. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really, it looks great on him. It fits great. But you know what? what are the that, that somehow makes it even better because it's that much more 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I At some point, we'll stop and have a discussion about how 80s this movie is. And, like, right now I'm giving it, like, a, a high 8 out of 10. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm totally fine with that rating. Pretty Girl shows up, you know, because, again, like we said, there's nowhere else. There's, like, three places in town. This is one of them, and it's the place to be. So that's, like, people just hang yeah. out at the carnival. Yep. So she shows up. She's like, I'm Star. And she's the aloof, you know. I love her, though. She still reminds I, me of sure. me at that age. Actually, damn, that's actually fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to get something to eat, and Kiefer Sutherland shows up and cocks block, cock blocks the whole situation. Oh, hard, yeah. Yeah. And then, so, like, anyone would when, you know, you're you're fleeking on your girl, is you mm -hmm. tell them to bike race you. What's going on? Yeah. Bike race. And and to Michael's to Michael's credit, he he straight up he's like, dude, I can't race you on the bike. Yeah, he's he's pretty practical about it, but he does it anyway. Well, he does have a shit ass bike. They all have like, they all have like street bikes, and he's got some sort of fucking little meeper. Yeah, crappy yeah. little meeper. Yeah, exactly. And they're also like 
freaking racing on this sand. And they all go. Yeah, <laughs> the first thing they do is they tear ass down the steps and go onto the beach, which yeah. is just okay. That makes sense. That's gonna ruin. And then it goes place. into like, this like segue of like, I I don't know, Richard Donner nonsense where like, yeah. Anyway, but uh, it's great because then it gets real foggy. And <laughs> <laughs> it, gets, it gets real foggy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, there's a cliff, which is, like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. because Yeah, cliff, and is there a cliff and, like, I don't know, it might be, like, a vampire-made cliff and all, all kinds of nonsense. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. It could just be an yeah. illusion. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's just, like, illusion-y and, and it's, like, it's, it's the first time that you start to realize that, uh, what is it, David? It's David, right? David. Yeah, right. and I, I make so notes. start to realize that David... If you if you were a complete asshole, it's the first time that you start to realize that David might have like more than regular powers. Yeah, he's more than just your typical douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also did make notes about when we hear people's names for the first time. Okay. Because it's disturbingly long into the movie where I'm like, oh, that person has a name. <laughs> I don't think they ever name Bill S. Preston. They do. They do. They yell at... Well, I think they yell at him in this scene, but it's not clear who they're yelling at. I think I think on uh, IMDb, he's like... He's Marco. Too. No, oh, he's, he's Marco. Marco. And so when... But see, here's the thing. In this scene right here that we're about to get to, they're uh -huh. yelling Marco. And uh -huh. I thought they were doing like a Marco Polo. <laughs> right? <laughs> of course you did. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I didn't realize it was the dude's name, and then I don't think we ever hear it again. So, but that's his name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael, so they, they go to the cliff. Uh, they're playing like chicken on this cliff. Mike gets pissed off, and he wants to fight Kiefer, and then... But only Kiefer. That, that was the big thing, because all the vampires are ready to rip him apart. Yeah. And he's like, right? no, I want to fight you, and only you, and then he still gets his ass handed to him. Yeah, Keeper's like, how far are you willing to go, Michael? Yeah. I like how everything's followed up by Michael. <laughs> so, so okay, so for the irony of, like, we don't hear anybody's name, we hear Michael, like, 20 million times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they all go to hang out. After their little bike fight, Keeper's like, how far are you willing to go, Michael? And then they all go hang out, because I guess that's the test, like... Come hang out with us. Yep. Then, yes, then we go back to Corey one. He's going to bed. And I don't know if you saw this. I saw it. I thought it was freaking hilarious. He has a half-naked Rob Lowe on his bed. I body. totally noticed <laughs> that. And it was gross. It's 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 the uh, closet door that he keeps putting all the taxidermy behind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a half-naked Rob Lowe and... Okay, so... So I tried to look it up. What is a half-naked Rob Lowe poster doing right then? Like, right? No, like, like, what? what is that from? What is that even? It seems like a pinup poster, like, right? No, I mean, is it like 21 Jump Street? What is it? I, fuck, I don't know. It didn't have any text on it. Super weird, though, and he's really naked. Really, yeah. Dude, and, it's, and it's really, like, not something a little boy would have. Even in the eighties, even a young man, I, I thought. No. So yeah, no, I that was like, 
that was like, whoa, dude. He like, he's, and he's got those like, fuck me eyes. Yeah. Yeah, very, and he's like, I think his hand was like in his pants, kind of like. Mm. Yeah, no, and he's wearing, yeah, he's wearing like cut off like uh, sweatpants, but they're like hot pants, and it's just like, that's just like fucking. I I hate to say it, but it it looked really classically gay. Oh, it was so <laughs> Sorry. gay. I, I, yeah, yeah, I hate to, I hate to use a trigger word like that, but like. No, and it's I mean, there's nothing wrong with being gay, but it was just so. No, much- but it was Whoa. just like. Rob Lowe, what's up? Yeah. yeah, it was just like, wow. And it was just really funny because, like, I love Rob Lowe now. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, he's such a comedian to me now. Like, he's just, he's funny, like, in Parks and Rec and stuff. I, I don't, you know, what's funny is that about five years after that, he got blacklisted from Hollywood for about a decade uh, for literally for having stuff. sex with underage girls. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The last thing he was in before he got shamed was Wayne's World. Wow. He yeah. like 91 or 92. But uh no, I I think he's fine now, but like Yeah, no, I I enjoy it, but like seeing him in that context was very Yeah, no, no, it was weird. I and I actually didn't realize that was Rob Lowe, but that that makes sense. But yeah, he's got some questionable shit on his walls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes and like i want and i was like did grandpa put that up or like did cory decorate because he's only been there like a day uh, no cory decorated hard is the only thing i can think of it yeah <laughs> i i don't know I, and maybe it could be like an inspiration thing like i want to look like rob Lowe. maybe okay well, no no i'll give you that give yeah because i you know i could i would do that like when i was a teenager find pretty girls and put them up like as my my inspiration mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like a lot of uh, Fiona Apple and Tori Amos everywhere. Right. Yeah. Next scene. Vampires get takeout. What? Really? They eat? How is this a thing? This is the Dude, next- Okay, and I want to point out that this is the most iconic scene in the movie. Uh, in this terms of being one, referenced like, in other media. No, this is huge, dude. Um, so, so go ahead and explain it, and then I'll I'll elaborate on it. All right, all right. So we got our vampires back at their hideout, uh, and they got they have Chinese takeout. They're like, yeah, here, my Bill S. Preston oh. brings the Chinese takeout. Yeah, yeah, because vampires like Chinese food. Who doesn't? And Keeper like here's some noodles, and then he's eating it. How you uh, like? It's oh, rice. Right. It's rice right. first, and he's like, oh, rice. How you like to like maggots, Michael? Reading oh, maggots, Michael. Maggots. So he tosses them down, and then they're laughing, and he looks again. It's just rice. It's just rice. And then he's like, here's some noodles. It's just noodles. Yep. And he's like, oh, it's worms. Oh, you're eating worms, Michael. But again, (laughs) it's just a glamour. It's just glamour. And they're all laughing. But again, why the fuck are the vampires eating? What are they doing? (laughs) For sure. So for sure. Why the fuck are the vampires eating? Because so on one side... uh. It's this movie is very, very good with is Stokerian a word? I don't know. <laughs> like unto Stoker. Uh, <laughs> right? But okay. but it's very good with the like unto Stoker rules of vampires. They can't do things like they can't come into your home unless they're invited. 
and and that kind of thing and they can do glamours and they can do that kind of shit they don't go out in daytime yeah they don't go out in the day water. right but there's and a lot of other very liberally dealt with michael um well okay and there's yeah we'll get into that with star for yeah because then when they start bending the rules and i don't even know like Sometimes I don't even know how they're interpreting the rule. Yeah, for real. You know? Yeah. Especially at the end. Yeah, I get you. Right. Okay. So then they bring out this really fancy bottle. And it's not really fancy. It's so crappy. I'm sorry. The set designer should be fired for that. It it looks like they glued a bunch of shit with hot glue to a fucking, to a a two liter bottle. bottle. Yeah. So, okay. Side note on that. so right now I'm watching like a billion different English royalty shows. Uh-huh. And there's this one series, it's like a couple different shows, but they're all in order. And the crown, the king's crown, it looks like that. It looks like just somebody got a hot glue gun and we're like, oh shit, we need a crown. <laughs> glue some <laughs> shit on this crown really Is quick. that literally on the crown? No, 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 no. This is on uh it's the white queen, white princess, Spanish princess trio shows but yeah it yeah it looks like somebody hot glued some crap to a bottle and he brings it out and he's like and then yeah and it, it has the consistency of like fruit punch well he's like drink he's some like, of oh, this michael blood. be one of us yeah okay so here we need to make a note of this star then says you don't have to michael it's blood she right no she straight up says them. it right there yeah. and he does it anyway because he's a dumb fuck yeah and it's going or to come pressure later. it's whatever. gonna come up later in the movie and i was like bullshit Okay, so I'll make a note of yeah. that. Yeah, no, for real. Good, right. good point to make a note of, yeah. So then, here's here's our next iconic scene. They take a bike ride out to the train bridge. and Ah, the train bridge. This the is train bridge. stupid yeah. scene. So they all start jumping off the side. Michael's like, what a, oh, I thought we were doing it. Oh. And it's foggy again, right? And uh, so he, like, very scaredly climbs down and he sees all the dudes like hanging like well and he sees like, them hanging before he climbs down no he doesn't until like the camera pans out and he's like already climbing because he doesn't know where they oh gone. really okay yeah fair. he doesn't fair. know where they are fair so then we hear the train choo choo and he's and michael's like panicking like oh no 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 and then and then everybody starts dropping off woo woo and then we get all the "Don't be scared, Michael." And here, but this is where we hear the Marco, and they're yelling all this stuff, and they're kicking each other and playing chicken and being jackasses. And they've all dropped off, and then Keeper's there. You're one of us, Michael. Yeah. Let go. So that's I quote that all the time. I'm constantly like, "Let go, Michael." <laughs> Michael <you> really? go. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> And only about half the time people know what the fuck I'm doing. And they're like, who's Michael? What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And he does let go right into bed. Yeah, but it's implied that he, like, flies or floats or some fucking nonsense for a minute. Yeah, something. In bed, yeah. It's it's ambiguous. We have no idea. Yeah. Um, But it's 2 p.m. And now he has an earring. (laughs) And now he has his... (laughs) His stupid earring. Yeah. yeah, it's great. He gets so many close-ups of that earring. Like now he's badass. His ears pierced. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, and and to the point where Corey one is like, dude, get rid of that earring. It's dumb. 
Yeah, and he's, and he's like, right. no, I like my earring. It's cool. I'm all for piercings on a dude, but that one was terrible. Like, yeah, I know, but not, dude, nobody wants big dangly earrings. Nobody no, no, it was so girly. It was big bad. dangly earrings are terrible. Yeah. Even women hate big dangly earrings. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just terrible. So then the we get like vampire bikers appear outside. Oh, is this the part where the the windows are inexplicably like opening and shutting? Michael, Michael. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. And then the it it all comes to be for naught, right? Yep. And let me point out that I still don't know Corey One's name. I don't know what the fuck was going on with that scene. But I also don't know the other brother's name at all. Him. At this point. Corey Ham. Corey Ham. I just put him as Corey One. He's Corey One. There's Corey One and Corey Two. Yeah, it's Corey Ham. Um, so Michael opens the door and there's nothing there. Corey one is like, what the fuck? So then Michael, like the badass that he is, goes and gets some milk. Mm. Oh, uh, is that where he passes out with the milk? Okay. He like gets a cramp and he's like, oh, and the milk goes everywhere. And then and we time travel into the future, don't we not? No, Corey, then Corey one is in the bath. He's taking like this epic bubble bath and he's singing, I got no woman. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he sings the great song, the the Toad song. Yeah, yeah like yeah. that. And then Michael, like, he slinks upstairs, and Nanook is not having it. So check this out. Since I had to buy it on uh, Amazon, you know they have that Amazon X-ray, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty cool about this. If you do Amazon X-ray in that scene, yeah. It tells you that that dog's real name is Cody. Cody? Oh. <laughs> Nanook is a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a big funny but he boy. Does, he does attack him. He does attack the shit yep. out of Jason Patrick. And he bit the shit out of his hand. And he bit the shit out of his hand. Yes, he did. Yep. And I love Corey One's response. He's like, well, what did you do to him? He's like, <laughs> he was protecting you. Oh. And then, and then, okay, so here's, here's another, this is a vampire thing that, like, they sort of made the rule, and then they changed the rule. Sure. Because Corey's like, oh my god, look at your reflection, Michael. Again, he says Michael all the time, too, like. Right, right. They want to make sure we know. Yeah, no, and he can, like, see his hand through the back of him, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, you're a goddamn creature of the night. And then he, like, he locks himself in the room, and he calls up the comic book kids. Comic book kids, help me. Right, which is Corey Two and Corey Two's brother, who is right, and Corey Two is like into his put a stake in his heart, man, and he's like, "No, he's my brother." So then, then we jump, and Michael's asleep, and he's like floating. Whoa, he's floating, and he like bonks into the ceiling, and then mom calls during this, of course. Yeah, it's like two p.m. What are you doing, still asleep, piece of shit? Yeah. And he's like trying not to float away, and Corey One is screaming. So mom runs home because all she gets is screaming on the phone. Yeah, I I love that actress, but she is kind of fucking wasted in this movie. She's what is she good in? She was terrible in Uncle Buff. She was not great in this. <laughs> <laughs> like she, okay, is it is it? It's like Rachel Martin is. What is Rachel. her name? Weast, Weast, something Weast. She was so and we, yeah. She was so bad in Uncle Buck that like I have nightmares about her as a mother. Like 
terrible mother in that movie. <laughs> this <laughs> Do you remember like the, the, the like, cranky grunge teenager in that movie that Uncle Buck softened up, right? The girl. <laughs> she was terrible to her. And I related uh, to that girl and I was like, oh, she's being like, awful. To oh, you know what she was really good in? Do you remember Parenthood? She was really good in Parenthood. Vaguely. Just vaguely. Parenthood was... You know what? We should do Parenthood. All right. <laughs> we'll put it on the list. Yeah. Um, okay, so then... Hey, anyway, okay. go ahead. So here is where we first find out Corey One's name that I noticed. His name is Sam. So I wrote down, his name is Sam. We just found out. Because yeah, that's not the first time, but that's fine. It's, it's the first time I was like, okay, now I know his name. And he lets Michael in the window. And then mom gets home and they're like, oh, never mind, we're fine. Then we see that the milk container that Michael dropped has a picture of that kid that Star is hanging out with on it. Oh. Okay, so I want to point out that if you've noticed... Those missing persons things mm -hmm. have been through the whole movie. They're yeah. all over the beginning of the comic book shop and uh, the video shop, and they're all over. Yeah. Yep. It's like a theme. They got it all over the place. Yeah. Then uh, Michael leaves. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. Mom's boyfriend at the, the VHS store where he manages the store. Or owns it. We don't know. He's he's the boss. Is visited by all the vampires, and he's, he's like, "He's the mash you. guy, by the way." Yeah, the mash guy, and he's like, "I told you not to come here, motherfuckers. Get out." And then we're like, "Oh, he's somehow connected to the bad boys. Hmm, what could that be about?" Michael is then looking for Star, and he's all, "Ugh, what's happening to me?" And then Star's like, "Let's do it." Because they're, they're, like, back at the, they go back to the hideout thing. Yeah. They're, like, oh, cool, sexy time. And, like, the kid is, like, right there. Like, don't wake the kid up. The kid's, like. That late. was, yeah, that's super weird. Yes. Yeah. Like, they didn't even go off anywhere private. And then we get, like, of course. Well, the, well you know, it wouldn't be a big deal if they didn't bring it up again in the third act. Like, making it so important to save him. You know what I mean? It and just course, seems... Oh, yeah. yeah. It just seems really like... Wow. So then we get our super sexy grunge sex music sex scene. The, the super 80s montage of sex and music. Yeah, no. It, but it's great. And I don't mind. Every time they play it, I don't mind it. Because it's a great song. Then we get... We jump from the sex grunge sex music montage to a cloud montage... And it's like, hmm, vampires? Hmm, probably, I don't know. Because, again, here's where we're bending some rules. It's daylight. Are the <laughs> vampires out marauding around in the daylight? What's going on? Like, what was that montage? I don't understand I what that was. Think, I think what they were going toward, and I don't know how that speaks towards, like, the real vampires, but I think for Michael... He's okay in the sunlight if he hasn't eaten anyone, and so is Star. I think that is what they're... What they were showing was like a daytime flying montage? I don't know if that's what they were trying to show, but... 
It was. I, a, I think that very, was their like, rules that they had. Because I was expecting the vampires to show up at that point, right? Because they like flew past the clouds into the hotel hideout. Right. But then there, nobody was there. Michael just woke up naked with Star, and his hand had healed, and he was like, "Oh my!" But like the vampires weren't there. Like they didn't show up. Well. I, I think that's explained away, like, later when they're all, like, sleeping in the rafters. Yeah. Well, also, also a question. Not not really a question, just my observations uh, watching this this time, taking notes. At this <laughs> point in the movie, I was like, so, okay, so is Star, like, is she a familiar? No, so, so Star is supposed to be the same as Michael is. Well, we figured that out at the end, right? But it's just very, very strange at this point in the movie because you assume she's one of them, but then she's, you know, so like at this point in the movie, you're, you don't, you're not really clear what she is. And I'll, we'll bring that up again because they, they name it later and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So. And it won't. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, at this point I was like, she's got to be the familiar. But then that didn't explain why the kid was there, you know. Because I, I could understand vampires wanting a hot chick familiar. Uh, the kid is a foil, I think. Yeah, there's there's no purpose. He doesn't yeah. serve any plot, yeah. anything. Um, Michael then goes home, and Mom has this weird, like, are we friends? Let's be friends. Is it a girl? And Michael's just like, fuck off, Mom. Not now. But he doesn't have his sunglasses on. Or no, he takes them off. She's like, take off your sunglasses. And he, like, won't look her in the eye. It's It's a very awkward scene. They could have cut it. It didn't serve anything. You know what it reminded me of is uh, that scene in the Robert Downey Jr. movie. It was like, I don't know if it was the same year, but maybe a year before. Uh, Less Than Zero. I mm -hmm. think it was, I think it was talking to that. Yeah, I don't know what that is, so... I don't get the reference. So if I don't get the reference in the scene, it's just dumb. You know what no, I mean? No, fair. No, <laughs> yeah. For real. Okay, so then uh, Mom is taking some wine to Max to apologize for interrupting dinner, which I didn't, we didn't mention that. I forgot to take a note. They were out to dinner when Sam called and was all, oh, ah, and she ran home. He interrupted their date. Um, so now she's taking wine to Max to apologize. And she's like, oh, I better take this to the door. Somebody will take the wine. And she goes in, and his dog, Thorn, viciously attacks her, tries to. And it's so funny, because that dog is clearly not upset at all. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, so two things about that scene. Um, first of all, it doesn't seem like it needed to exist. It seems weird that that scene exists at all. Uh, like, I kind it of doesn't really establish any plot. Well, it, it's our first hint that Max is the big bad. Oh, dude, it's so obvious that Max is the fucking big bad, though. Well, sure, but it's kind of the first big one, because they, they show the comic book, like, he's looking at the comic book, and he's like, you know, the beasts of hell. Why would he be so careless as to have his bride, you know, his, his future bride be attacked by his fucking war dog? That well, does, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, uh, the dog at that point would know the right. intention. Yeah. One. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, there's certainly holes in that. Um, bad dog, you know, like Thorn is a bad <laughs> war, like hellhound for not doing the right thing. I mean, at least you would have, maybe you could have had a scene between Nanook and that dog, right? That would have been, been great. Yeah. That would have been, been more fucking glorious. You know that, that the way that they were filming dogs at that point was like, you just get them to play and then you like, yeah, I guess this is, also, this is also the same era where they made uh, Milo and Otis, where oh. they just murdered shitloads of yeah, kids. Oh. <laughs> no. So I mean, well, but like in this movie, they clearly didn't go above and beyond to get the dogs because, like, like I just said, like this dog is not upset at all. And no, I, he's when, really excited. He's really excited. He just wants pets because, like, when he goes yeah. up to the, yeah. the gate and he's supposedly he like, looks great. No, he's really yeah. happy. My I, I totally hear you. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like saying hi. <laughs> so and then they've got this sound effect of him being all. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> then uh, we we get a Corey scene, dual Corey's, and Corey too is like, "You got to kill your brother, dude." And they're talking about how you have to kill the head vampire, and all the half vampires will return. Yeah. The fuck is a half vampire? What the shit? Yeah, I don't know. To me, based on this movie, it implies that, like, okay, Max is a vampire, and all of those douchebags are half-vampires, so, like, a true vampire makes half-vampires, well, then how the fuck is a true vampire made? Dude, I don't know. I mean, if you want to extrapolate that to the end, then, like, who fucking made the head vampire? You're still fucked. Yeah, it implies... Never gonna unravel the goddamn Gordian knot. Right? Yeah. It's just yeah. it didn't make any sense at all. And so no, yeah, but whatever. It's still it's 80s fun. Whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, like it's fine. I mean it works because like I say, like this this movie was like the precursor to the big vampire explosion. Like interview with the vampire was okay, like, so so later. here's a cool thing. Uh and I read a bunch of fucking trivia. Uh Vamping Out was coined in this movie. Really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, and it became a huge thing in Buffy, right? Yeah. Uh, but vamping out was coined in this movie, like it didn't exist before. Yeah, because like I was trying to think of like a a vampire movie before this one, and they're other than like the classics, like you know the old school Draculas and stuff. No, just, this was the first pop culture. It was, it was the first one. Yeah, it really yeah. popularized and made it sexy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then Interview with the Vampire came out, and then it was just gung-ho from there. Yeah, and I think Interview did a bunch of stuff for, like, vampire genre, but nothing did anything like uh, the Buffy series. But that, that was quite was, a bit later, because, like, Interview was in 94. No, it wasn't. No. When it did was Buffy like, start? It was like a year later. Believe it or not, it was like a year later. 1997. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that was still uh, three years after interview. So we're still in the same time frame, but it was still after interview. Yeah. After, yeah. But Buffy definitely made all of that shit mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we can probably both agree that Anne Rice is the like canon writer, right? Like 
She's the vampire. I suppose. I suppose. She's yeah. she's the precursor. I would say that Joss Whedon is the fucking vampire writer. Not for... I mean, Rice yeah. has got more material that's just strictly vampire. I think... Nah. Nah, I disagree. That Whedon? Yeah. I think Whedon is... Uh, he's got more material and he's the better writer. I think it... I think he stole everything she ever wrote and made it better. Well, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. Here, yeah, they're talking about, the Corys are talking about how to kill the head vampire, and Cory one is, he suspects Max as being the head vampire. Then we jump up, and Michael, he's getting ready for the night, for a night out on the town. And you do that by putting on your sunglasses and putting on your leather coat that you got at the concert. He wears his sunglasses. You know? and, and they didn't put that song in the movie. And, like, was it too soon? I just <laughs> Probably. To bring that up. So how, how is that not in that movie? I, I guess it was too soon. Or it just would have been too obvious. I mean, like... <sighs> I guess. The movie is 80s fabulous, but it still, like, respects its integrity, right? Uh, you can't just... Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll give you that. So then Mom is making dinner for Max. Uh, Max is at the door. Michael answers, and he's just a shitbag to him. Uh, no, but big point here. You need yeah, to he's like, uh, well, you're the man of the house. Uh, you got to invite me in. Oh, I invite you in. Oh, that's not suspicious at no, all. No, that's a big old Stoker thing, though. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that no, that that's, one goes back to, like, what, the well, that's like, century. I, I don't know. I remember when I was a kid, that was not a well-known thing about vampires. The inviting in thing? Yeah, the inviting in thing. Mm. Oh. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that was, like, lore from, like, way the fuck back. No, it's from, it's from Bram Stoker. <laughs> Excuse well, me. and before, because Bram Stoker got it from, like, actual people that thought vampires existed hundreds of years ago. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, so that was legit. Uh, then Corey 1 brings Corey 2 and his friend over, and here we, we hear their names. They're Edgar and Alan Frog. Right, and, it, and if, you, if you listen before that, you do get to hear their names, but... But it's uh, so not obvious that, like, I, I didn't even know. They like, actually have a mom. There's one scene uh, in the comic book shop where they have their own mother. And she's yeah. just, like, out on, a, like, a heroin knot or, or some fucking thing in the background. But, like... How do yeah. you know it's their mom, then? Uh, because they reference um, Frog Mom. Oh, God, that's depressing. Yeah. Okay. I didn't catch that. That's awful. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know what really, you know what really helps is, uh, the Amazon x-ray. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I yeah all the time. Yeah, that, that told me, uh, the name of the dog. Yeah, yeah, you told me that. <laughs> That's great. All right, so then they're eating anyway. dinner, they're having pasta, mm -hmm. which is the worst, uh, first date food ever. Uh, my mom taught yeah, me Yeah, dude, definitely don't ever serve pasta on the first date, for sure. Yeah. My mom taught me that by inviting my boyfriend over and making pasta and <laughs> telling me that it was worse. Oh, so not on purpose. No, she did it on purpose. She was like, you should never have pasta 
on a first date, by the and way. she I did it on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really kind of fucked up. No, it's hilarious because my mom is so like mild. Like, you got to give my mom credit. That's when super she, passive aggressive, though, like even for your mom. But when she, yeah, no, I, I think it's hilarious. When she sneaks in a joke, because my mom doesn't do it very often. Like, uh, okay. go to mom. No, okay. I get it. I, I, so I was you like, could find it funny. That's. Yeah, I was like 14. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. yeah. No, you can't do well on a pasta date. No, because it's just sloppy. and. Yeah, it's sloppy and gross. Yeah. 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 You can't converse and eat it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then Corey wanted like, hey, you want some Parmesan? Oh, no, it's garlic. Oh, joke's on you. But, oh, garlic's fine. Yeah, and that and that whole scene is just, like, classic 80s, just like, oh, oh I spilled water on you. Oh, that's just funny. Yeah. And, I put and like, the whole thing is just sort of, like, cringy and, yeah. Yeah. So then Max is like, I'm going to leave, and he leaves. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, but it's okay. Dinner at my house tomorrow without the Corys because they're a problem. Yeah. Without either Corey, because God, life is better without Corey's. We don't need any Corey's at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is back at the fair. This fair is just, it's just going. It's like every day, all year, everybody's there. They never get sick of it. It's awesome. It's the best fair. And he's like, where's Star? Kiefer's like, you better come with us now. And he takes Michael to a beach bonfire that was so reminiscent of Bellingham. I was like, oh, beach bonfire, it's Bellingham. But like, like these punks out there that no one will miss. No one's going to miss these punks. And then we get uh, this scene is so, yeah. I think this might be my least favorite scene in the movie. It was it's, pretty great because it was it's really just graphic. really bad editing, I thought. It was really I, bad I editing. I didn't follow what was going on. Yeah, so... um we get a we get a first vampire face reveal. So it's like the first time we see like the vampire faces. And they, they're all like hanging in the trees or something while these people are partying on the on the beach. Yeah, and they're like trying to convince Michael. They're like, come in with us, Michael. And all he does is like sit on a branch. Like the branch isn't even that high. He's like, okay. And he like sits on the branch. And then And then they the, eat all of these like surfer hippies. Yeah, and, like, did you notice, this is so great, so, like, it's, like, super carnage, right? They're, like, ripping limbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we get a shot of, like, Kiefer has this dude, like, kind of, like, in a headlock, and he just takes a, he just, like, chomps his head, like, ah. No, I told him, yeah, he bites, like, <laughs> like, the back of his skull. Yeah. And it's, it's like, just, what? like, okay, you're gonna get a lot of blood there, bud. Yeah, like, what are you, why are you totally. riding No, it's just like, okay, are you eating in, like, an apple? I know, like, these vampires suck. And they're just, like, chomping on limbs. Like, this yeah, one guy, no, like, rips sure. off a forearm and just, like, chomps on it like a chicken yeah. head. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's not, it's not sexy at all. It's just bloody. But, but not in the right way. Like, not in the way that these vampires are going to get much blood. You know? No, they didn't seem like they were feasting. They were just sort of like, and I I don't know, maybe you could call it that's the point. But yeah, it was just like silly. It was really silly. And Michael, Michael's looking really hungry. But he's like, no, no. 
And Keeper has uh, a great dude, don't even, yeah, don't even talk to me about Jason Patrick's lack of fucking acting in this movie. Uh, like, you'll never die, Michael, but you must feed. And my first thought was, or what? I mean, if I'm never going to die, do I have to feed? I mean, if I don't feed, what do I do, die? But you just said I do never die. I don't understand the terms here. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Corey puts the taxidermy owl into the taxidermy, his closet, which is now full of taxidermy. His closet full of, yeah, horrible taxidermy nightmares. Yeah. Yes. Michael shows up. He's like, oh, I know who I am now. Like, I get it. A uh, star shows up outside the window, the second story window. And, she, or no, she's like standing out there and they're like, hey, star. And then she swoops up. Woo! Corey one is like, oh, she's one of them. Oh, no. And then, all right, remember how I told you to remember about the wine, right? How Star was like, you don't have to do this, Michael. It's blood, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, so in this scene, Michael says to Star, The wine was actually blood? I can't believe it. Yeah, that was What a dumbass, dude. That was blood. And I'm like, she fucking told you that. Yeah, you're a dumb fuck, Michael. Not one person there even said it was wine. Mm -hmm. No, I know. Yeah, he's a dumb piece of shit. Here's where we hear the whole, like, okay, you're not fully one of them until you make your first kill. And Michael was supposed to be her first kill, but she couldn't do it, so she had sex with him instead. Cool. Whatever. It's an 80s movie. It's good. Don't worry about it. Move along. Yep. Oh, but, but wait. But wait. Record scratch. There's a little kid involved now for some reason. Yeah, and he's been there. Like, the kid's been around. Yeah, but, like, it was never mentioned. He was on the back of a motorcycle, like, in the first act. And, and like, he was in the bed next to them when they were screwing. Wait, what? Yeah. Really? No, that's why I kept saying, don't wake up the kid when I was talking about the sex scene. Because the kid that's was laying, really like, right gross. there. It's really gross. Yeah, the kid was right there. Um, I didn't. I Okay. I so, didn't. So oh, wow. I don't know if that's about something this. about me or the movie or but so that's was, really fucking gross. It yeah, no, it was really that's what's like it was really awkward. That's really uh, fucking gross. Okay. I was, so I was watching this scene and all of a sudden like this jaunty Christmas music came on. Wait, what? And I was like, I don't remember this in the movie. This is very odd. And the scene kept going and there's this like jaunty Christmas music. But the scene wasn't changing, and I'm like, why are we listening to this happy Isn't music? Is the app running or something? <laughs> so, I like, Brian puts on this fireplace. It's on Netflix. It's a fireplace channel, and it plays Christmas music. But after you get to a certain point, it stops the music. So I had been watching the movie for a while without the music, and then it, <laughs> <laughs> it kicked on all of a sudden. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, and, but the volume matched so perfectly that it sounded like it was coming from the movie, and it took me a good, like, two minutes to be like, what the fuck is going on? That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, like, while that music started up, Star is saying, it's not too late for you, Michael. <laughs> Oh my god. I was so confused. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, it's the fireplace. Wow. So then Corey 1 calls Corey 2 
they're like, we got to go fight the vampire. So they like, they all meet up and they take grandpa's sweet tea bird and they know exactly where to go. I love that. Like they know exactly where the hideout is. No investigation necessary. I think that that probably isn't too inexplicable. No, I I think Corey too probably had that all. Well, I don't know. Michael's been there before. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like Michael was with him. Um, anyway, I, I get you. Yeah. So we got Star is sleeping. Here is where we hear uh, the kid's name. Once again, I close the door. Need to open the door. The kid's name is Laddie. Hey, Laddie. Mm-hmm. Like, really? And up to this point, or even a little later, I didn't know if this was a girl or a boy. You can't really tell. It doesn't matter. It super doesn't matter. And Laddie and Star, they're both tired and weak. And they, they get carried out to the car. Well, well real quick, uh, Star is like, take Laddie first. Don't take me first. Yeah. He's a little boy. So, well, and, I don't know if that matters. It's, well, it, it, it gets a little strange going forward here with Michael. Because mm-hmm. he is either awake or asleep, depending on what the scene requires Yeah, exactly. To do. No, for real. Yeah. <laughs> because he's getting real tired. Like, he sleeps on the way there. But then once he gets there, he's awake to carry uh, Star out because he's the only one presumably large enough to carry her. So he wakes up for that. And he takes Laddie out first and then he like inexplicably says nothing and takes Star out second. Right. Um, so then and then but while this is happening, the Cory party is searching for the vampires in the, the hotel. Mm-hmm. They find them deep inside, hanging upside down. Oh, right. And they kill uh, Bill, Bill S. Preston, Preston, Esquire, first. Yeah, he's the first to go. And yep. Keeper is mad. He's pretty mad about it. Oh, he's super mad. Uh, but they kill, like, basically all the hair vampires. Except... No, just the one. They just get Bill. Did they not get the other two? No, uh-huh. not yet. Because there's only really, like, four of them. Yeah, there's not that many, but they just killed Bill because he's a little okay. one. Like, they're only okay. just a little Fair one. Um, so then all the kiddos, they take off in the T-Bird, and Michael is back asleep at this point. So he's sleeping again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they go... They uh, get- and and, and they, they try and prelude to that. Do you notice uh, that they put the, uh, the hard top up while they're driving away? Oh, did they? No, I and I only want to mention that because you can't put a hard top up while you're driving. It oh. Will, it will. Also, we, we also know that it doesn't matter because the vampires can rip off a hard top. Fair. No, totally. Fair. Literally. Uh, no, no, fair. But my point is, is that if you try to put a hard top up while you're driving, uh, the hard it'll, top will rip off. It'll it fly off. Yeah. It work yep. Um, so they bring everybody back to Grandpa's house. Nanook is not happy at all, so they tie him up outside. He's also, yeah, his name is Cody. Cody. Uh, <laughs> and this will come back to haunt him later, of course. <laughs> they throw the girls on the bed. This is what's funny. Whoever's carrying Laddie, and I didn't catch who was carrying her. All I noticed was that okay. they dropped her down because I think they're having a hard time carrying her. Or him. Sure. I guess Laddie's a boy. They, they like, dropped him on the bed pretty harshly. <laughs> I think Laddie is a boy, but, yeah. Laddie is a boy, and I, I make a note of that because later Star says he, but it's, like, the first time okay. we know that. Okay. Um, but then, then, Michael has enough energy to carry Star upstairs, so he's awake again once they get there. Yeah, of course. Michael's awake to carry her upstairs, but then once they get upstairs, he's passed out again. 
<laughs> Jason Patrick is the fucking worst in this well, movie. Well, but like, is that him or is that the director? And you have to understand that, like, because if he's packed out throughout this whole thing, who's going to carry Star and who's going to carry Michael? Oh, dude, That's I don't think the director or Jason Patrick, either of them, give a fuck. Apparently not, <laughs> because their answer was, well, Michael, wake up and you carry her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, then Corey one has the the brilliant idea to call his mom at work to mm -hmm. try to tell her that the vampires are coming for everybody. She basically tells him to fuck off. Yeah. So, no, she totally. Yeah. No, she totally tells him to fuck off. Yeah. Then I love this scene. The kiddos then they run to a church and they start filling up like squirt guns and like. Oh, it's a great scene. Holy yeah. Water. No. Yeah. Like something straight out of Heather's or something. It was great. Well, something it. that would would later be to something out of Heather's, but yeah, right, totally right. It was so good, and there was like no dialogue involved. It was just hilarious. Yep. So then they go back to Grandpa's house. They have some excuse to get rid of Grandpa. Go see your widow friend. He's like, oh, ho, ho. oh yeah. There's like, uh, no, she she needs to see you an hour earlier than you thought. Yeah, like, I didn't even think she wanted to see me, and they're like, "Better get going." Yo, sorry, you forgot your date. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, and then uh, Michael is awake right now. By the way, we have an awake Michael. Okay. Uh, keeping track so, of that because I'm, I am out of patience for that guy. Yeah, I know. I was totally <laughs> keeping track because he was back and forth each scene. Every every time the camera cut, he was awake yeah. or asleep, awake or asleep. Oh, for sure. Uh, Corey one is smashing the largest bag of garlic I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and they're making, is this where they're making the, uh, the tub? Yeah. They make the holy water garlic soup. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Tub. They make that tub and that is some good tub because that leads to some excellent, excellent, excellent vampire death scene. <laughs> yeah. Super good practical effects later. Yes. Then we see it's sunset. The vampires wake up and it's go time. Then we're at Max's house and he's having the nice romantic dinner with Lucy. Mm-hmm. Mom presumably tells Max how his son thinks there's vampires after them because she starts to allude to it, but then we have a camera cut, so we can only assume that she told him. So many good camera cuts in this movie. <laughs> Dude, like, honest to God, the camera cuts are what it's all about. They really are. Because <laughs> they're super all over the place. No, they're, but, but they're super important. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's both awesome and terrifying. <laughs> the vampires, they're heading straight to Mike's. Uh, Corey one is like, oh shit, we forgot Nanook out there because Nanook's freaking out. And so, of course, they got to run out and, and free Nanook from this, like, crazy mess. Oh, yeah, and, and he has to fucking run after Nanook. Yeah, and Mike goes out to help him. Uh, stars out, oh, here they come. And so they get Nanook free, and they're running back. And, of course, they both trip, because that's what you do in a movie. Yeah, you always trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, they get in, and the vamps, they bust through the fireplace. They're how the fuck are they coming in? Apparently the invitation thing has gone out the window because none of these vampires were invited in. 
Well, I think if you like invite the master vampire, I guess you get all of his like shit stains. But you're speculating. That was never explained. Uh, I'm speculating. <laughs> Definitely speculating. And they made a point to tell us that you can't come in unless you're invited. So that would lead us to believe yeah. that's a rule. And then they totally break the rule here when they just start busting in the house. Yeah. Still a great movie. Love it. Is it is a great movie. Uh, then we get the bathroom scene where Nanook gives that vampire the whole Oh, I love that scene. That's, that's the best scene in the movie. Oh, my God. It's, it's just... And they even say, like, Corey, too, is telling them, like, ahead of time, okay, guys, be prepared, because when a vampire dies, it's not pretty. No, and they go into the whole fucking thing about how uh, when a vampire dies, they never die the same way twice, which means that they get to do all kinds of fucking movie magic nonsense, right? Uh, so, like, sometimes they explode, sometimes they implode. Sometimes they're let on fire. Sometimes they do. I mean, whatever. Sometimes, sometimes but it's all good. It's so funny. Except sometimes you're Kiefer Sutherland and you just die peacefully in a ray of light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we get this epic, bloody this bathroom destruction scene with the toilet exploding oh, and so, there's blood coming so out of the faucet. I remember uh, when I bought this on uh, Amazon, I was like, why is it rated R? I don't remember it being rated R. Like, at all. That doesn't make sense. Because of gory murder? No, and then, like, <laughs> the bathroom scene is like, oh yeah, that's, that's definitely rated R. It was super over the top, but it was really entertaining. <laughs> Um, but and then and then the next scene we get another we get another good one we get Corey I think he's in like the taxidermy lounge I don't know uh, Mike is asleep again so in this scene Mike's asleep he was awake in the last scene he's asleep now uh, this rando another rando vampire is coming at Corey and he gets impaled into a speaker and he gets the rock and roll death. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> Just like sparks flying and rock and roll playing. And then Mike is awake. Mike is awake at the end of it. He wasn't any help when the vampire showed up. Now he's awake, I don't know, to witness the rock and roll fiery demise. Then we get our first keeper sighting during the melee. Uh, Laddie is getting cray. We get a vampire Laddie face. Which I don't understand because does that just mean Laddie's really hungry? Because Laddie has presumably not killed anybody yet. I don't know, but he is promptly protected by uh, by Star. Yeah, by Star. And she and then here's where we get the whole. He is just a little boy. Oh, it's a boy. Okay. Yeah, right. and somehow that's okay. And they're like, okay, we'll leave him be. But he's clearly like a ravenous little monster. He's gone completely feral. Yeah. Yeah. For a moment. Uh, I mean, yet somehow, like, that's the last time they deal with it. I don't know if we ever really see him again in the movie. You literally never see him again. Yeah. I think that's, that's the end of what we know about Laddie. Yeah. Uh, then we get a Keeper versus Mike 
air fight. Yeah, fight, go. And they're like swinging each other around. And like, I really don't believe that Mike was any sort of match for Kiefer. There's no fucking way. No, not at all. But somehow, whatever, they swing around and there's antlers involved, uh, which are implied to be like stakes. But they're uh, not wooden. Art. So it shouldn't yeah, be. I, yeah, I know. Uh, but, but whatever. And then beautifully impaled by two, like, what's the one with the Ibex? Big, it's an Ibex. It's an Ibex? Yeah, I looked it up. No, I had to Google it. Okay. It's, the big, long Ibex. Ibex horns. Yeah, I had to Google it. Sorry. And a ray of light hits his yeah. face. And he's just gorgeous. And he dies peacefully. Yeah, he is gorgeous. Yeah, there's no blood spewing, there's no sparks or fire. He's yeah. perfectly uh, intact for the big bad to come look at him later. And uh, then finish Star, it. Star comes down. She sees Keeper. Mike is hiding from everybody because they're all because Mom is coming home with Max, and they're like, "Oh, he's not the the head vampire." Max is like, "Oh no, no, I'm totally the head vampire." And the whole point of all of this was you, Lucy. I want you to be. My bride. Lady Vampire. My Lady Vampire. And I thought it'd be perfect if I got your boys, then you would want to hang out, and we'd be one big happy family. It'd be so great. And then we get a Michael versus Max fight. Yeah. And then we get a Max, Corey one, headlock. Like, Max gets Corey, the little Corey. Mm. And he's like, come with me, Lucy. And she's like, okay. And then we get a bite incoming. Here comes the bite. Oh, no, we have a grandpa incoming. Boom, grandpa. Dude, grandpa, you got it. Nah, you can't. You're understated. Grandpa comes out of nowhere. Out of fucking nowhere. He's just deus ex machina. Grandpa comes out of nowhere, and he fucking wins the day. Because he's got wooden spikes strapped to the front of his bronco. And he's like, bitch, I've been fighting goddamn vampires. In this motherfucking city for goddamn dog's age plus some, and oh. here you are. Yeah, and now I win. And everyone that's goes back to normal. The end of that movie. La 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 la. Everyone's star and everybody's normal. Grandpa goes into the kitchen and he grabs a soda. He really should have grabbed a beer. He grabs a soda. I know. I know. Th- and the movie's even R-rated, right? I know. Like he could grab a beer. He could have no, grabbed I know. fucking but, but the whole point is it's just like, bitch, I've been dealing with this for 30 years. Yeah, he said, he said like the one thing about Santa Clara, all the goddamn vampires. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. A, that's the end. <laughs> it's a great fucking movie.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 